Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we talk about the Time Warner Comcast merger. Is it the end of the world as we know it? Maybe. Uh, we also talk about the uh, corporate versus personal security, the future of the anonymous internet, and uh, fast food even faster. All that and more on this episode of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 34, recorded February 17th, 2014, on major mergers, the anonymous internet, and even faster food. Good evening and welcome to yet another edition of Don't Panic, uh, the technology podcast that dare asks the question, where's Waldo? Uh, I'm Sean Jennings and I'm joined as always by uh, the two guys who make uh, the world spin, uh, and that would of course be Colby Rabadou and Dan Miller. Uh, guys, how's it going? Good. I just made it. I almost forgot. You, <laughs> it's President's Day. We should have it off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're technically <laughs> breaking the law, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you Abraham know, Lincoln is going to come get us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, we we are chock full of news this week, uh, as we are usually, uh, and we've got some great picks as well, but I want to start off by thanking you all for joining us, either live or recorded, however you watch. We appreciate it. Uh, of course, our website, don'tpanic.io. Uh, check us out there and live every Monday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, and all the links to iTunes and Facebook and RSS, it's all at the website, don'tpanic.io. It's the best place to find us, um, and you should do that. And email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com, because uh, we love your feedback. Let us know if you want if you want to talk about something or uh, if you don't like the way Colby's face looks, whatever. Just send us an email, and we'll, uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, I doubt that'll happen. Uh, so let's talk our first big story. Uh, this broke... Uh, not long after last week's show, and that would be uh, this story right here. Comcast confirms $45 billion merger with the fine folks uh, at Time Warner Cable. That's right. Uh, the nation's two largest uh, cable and Internet providers are merging. So here's some numbers for you. Um, let's see. <laughs> It is Comcast absorbing 100% of Time Warner Cable in a $45.2 billion all-stock transaction. Uh, it is a, uh, Comcast is acquiring uh, Time Warner Cable's 11 million subscribers. Um, and uh, in the end, they will end up with about 30 million subscribers, which is about 30% of the market share in the United States. The idea behind the merger, someone's been looking to uh, various companies. Charter was looking into buying Time Warner Cable. Um, it's happened for a while as these companies consolidate. But the real idea is sort of more markets. What's interesting about the cable industry is that these markets traditionally, at least the cable companies, don't compete directly with each other. Where you live, you get a cable company. Now, of course, there's satellite, there's alternative fiber providers, but mostly for cable, it's regional. And the idea behind merging these companies is that now the new Comcast will have nationwide, from Los Angeles to New York, coverage, uh, including, uh, and let me make sure I get this right, uh, 43 of the top 50 national markets it would have a presence in. Everywhere from New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, Boston, all of these um, would be put together uh, for cable and internet. Um, Grand. isn't it? Uh, so is this 
the worst news that has ever happened? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're going with yes. So, so isn't like... So, I mean, I've heard from pretty much everyone who's ever had Time Warner Cable that it's the worst ever. Like, they're literally the worst ever. Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to go on. Dan, do oh. you have Time Warner Cable? I have Time Warner Cable. I just recently, in the last month, started paying them like three times as much money as I was for their best internet. Uh, and uh, it's not so... I pay them money. I pay them $60 a month for 100 down and 5 up, which is fucking ridiculous. But 5 up? That's it? Well, 5 megabytes per second, so I don't... Oh. It's 100 megabits down, and I don't remember what the up on the plan was, but in real life numbers, it's 5 megabytes up. Uh, okay. But I got I get the service that I pay for... Like, Netflix loads instantly, almost always now. Everything's really fast, and I pay for it. The difference with Comcast is is that you get that, and your Netflix won't work no matter how much money you pay them because they're in this, like, back-channel House of Cards-style feud with Netflix over Internet, which shouldn't be legal. Uh, so, and... And I went to the Time Warner store this weekend, actually, to return my modem because I bought my own and I saved the $5 modem licensing or rental fee. And they have, like, this Apple Store-style thing. It's, like, not what I expected. You come in, you, like, put your name with the concierge, and there's, like, snacks and coffee and water and all this stuff, and you sit down, and they come to you. And Whoa. It was, Amazingly pleasant, if somewhat forced. Uh, but that sounds way better than the uh, Comcast that I've heard of, which has lower customer service satisfaction rates than the IRS, uh, <laughs> which you wouldn't think possible. But, yeah, I am not looking forward to being their customer. Uh, well, that's that's scary. No. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Xfinity is also Comcast, just rebranded. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's just what they call it. Okay. Cool. Um, now, Colby, if you weren't blessed by living in Silicon Valley, then Comcast would probably be your only choice, right? Because most people don't have small local neighborhood level ISPs. Yeah, I think that's abnormal. I don't know. <laughs> but otherwise, Comcast is the cable company in San Francisco, right? Uh, we also have... It's Comcast or AT&T U-verse. But AT&T U-verse is DSL. Oh, it's is satellite. it? So maybe Comcast. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We we weren't looking at TV when we, when we were doing... Right, but it's TV and Internet. Like, unless you have local ISPs, and I... I read I read somewhere that they like basically buy they resell internet from these like Comcast uh, like they might build out their own infrastructure to your house but at the end of the day they're going back over Comcast anyways it's not like they have their own backbone uh, right yeah. so unless you have companies like that willing to build out then your only options are cable or phone companies for internet. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. So, 
Right, we had a couple options just, I guess, as a factor of where they lived, but I, I think that's pretty <laughs> abnormal. I yeah, know. So. I could, there's a, like, there's a universe in which uh, Fios is a possibility for me, but it's not in my building. So unless I move, I won't get it. And they basically said they're not expanding Fios to any other areas. Well, and that's that's the problem, is that these companies are finding that Google Fiber is this, AT&T's Experimental Fiber, they're, they're finding that they can do it, they just don't want to do it because it's not really in their best interest. Right. You know, that's I one mean, of the reasons... People will continue to pay for crappy internet, so... Exactly, and running fiber, especially into buildings, is I have Fios, and I love it. It's great. I mean, the TV service is mediocre, but the internet is really great. I get 50 megabits um, pretty regularly, and I get 25 up, which is awesome and why I look so HD. Um, but <laughs> it, it's, you know, these services... Yeah, well, okay, so the, the merger. Let's talk pros and cons, because... I will take the side of saying there are good things about this, okay? Because someone has to. It's very easy to say, oh no, the world, you know, these companies are merging. God forbid. Um, the good news is, the more power an individual company has, the more power it wields over the future of their industry. For as a comparison, it's kind of like Texas is to school books. Texas is such a big market that if you want to put something in a textbook, it's really up to Texas, not everybody, because Texas is the biggest. Similar, like California is with laws. If California makes it a law, it essentially has to be a law for everybody because California is such a big market. That is the same way. So if you're going on the more positive side, you could say the new Comcast, for example, when uh, Intel tried to do their web TV thing, they couldn't get deals with companies because there were so many companies to work with. But a single large Comcast, if they went and made a deal with Apple or with Intel, that would certainly, they would have the clout to be able to push an entire industry. So they could use that power for bad and impose, you know, remove net neutrality and throttle everybody, but let's stay positive and say hopefully they would use it for good. Maybe I'm optimistic. Comcast would use some power for good. Unfortunately, I feel like their track record on that front is already bad. It's true. Um, but I see I see your point. That's like I do yeah, I see your point is like the um there's a lot of stagnation in that market here because A there are so many different companies that do it and B those companies are, are like run isolated monopolies in their various ge geographic regions. Um, that being said, I mean, is is like is are these companies really only allowed to have monopolies like they do because they're in it's such a local like specific thing? Like maybe maybe this will this sort of a merger like this will invite more government involvement in this kind of thing and like encourage the breaking up of such such uh, unfortunate states of uh, like 
just nothing. Stagnation, I guess. I think I already said that. It, it's my understanding that, that uh, it's a, just an agreement that they don't move into markets where another cable provider already is. It's not a legally mandated thing. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just the way it's been. I mean, there there's there's no technical reason why they can't. Um, it's yeah, just they just have to. Happen. Right, they'd have and to it, build infrastructure. Yeah, and it's and it's again, it's this idea of price fixing is a strong word, but when there's only one company, all these companies, it's easy for them to Comcast, Time Warner, and Charter to all get in a room and say, okay, if we all live in our own little areas, we can charge a buttload because there's no competition. So it really is in all their best interest to not be directly competing. So, yeah. I, I, you know, what's... And another interesting thing to note is that Comcast um, is a vertically integrated company. They own NBC, they own television studios and movie studios and uh, Universal, and they, you know, they own all of that. Um, so, you know, you want to talk about a monopoly, but Cole, I, I agree with your point that I think public opinion is definitely shifting against something like this. We saw the FCC already kind of not officially, but kind of unofficially, say, when T-Mobile and Sprint wanted to merge, uh, and they stopped AT&T and uh, T-Mobile from merging, um, I think mm. I would be very surprised if this passed. Whether it's good or not for consumers, I just think public opinion these days, I would be surprised if this were allowed to legally happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd take a more pessimistic approach. Well, no, listen, Comcast is one of the most connected companies on Capitol Hill. That's a fact. Uh, so if any company can influence the government to, to do what it wants, it would be Comcast. Um, that's That's been written about. But at at... I think my opinion on this, I don't necessarily have a problem with them merging. I just want that merger to be wrapped in so much red tape, it's outrageous. I want there to be so many rules around what they can and cannot do that I don't mind the merging. I want to see net neutrality. I want to see uh, fair prices. I want to see future technologies. I want to, I want to see all of that. Um, and if they do right. that, this could yeah. actually be really good for consumers. Right. I, like, I, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I was, I sort of tried to say before, like, I feel like it could force some, like, some regulation on things that the government just hasn't real, doesn't really deal with. Like, real regulation to either, you know, give the FCC, like, actual legal power to, like, say... Hey assholes, you can't like actually throttle Netflix because that's not how it's supposed to work, um, or you know stuff like that. Um, I guess the the big question the, the, that's the question though. Like, will something like like this happen, or will it just like go through? Because you know, just because. Because it's I mean, it's also I feel like it's a, a fairly widely discussed topic the the last year or so that how how the like how pitiful our broadband is compared to other other I mean in other other compare not comparable countries I guess but other you know first world countries like have have fantastic internet service and ours is pretty mediocre in pretty like not going anywhere I guess is is the best way to say it. 
Well, and that's why it wouldn't surprise me for the government to to force Comcast to invest so much in connecting schools to the internet and upgrading to fiber and you know they can require them to do that as part of the merger uh, and this thing is so big and for both of these companies that I think they would agree to a lot so cool uh, we'll have to wait and see There's what happens still... there hmm? yeah I also also I just like 30% of the market is in the US is not that Big. I mean, it's, it's big when you think about I what, thought it was how, that only 30% company. of the internet using customers in the U.S. would no longer, would not be Comcast customers. That's what I thought I read, but I could be wrong. No, it's... Oh, oh, that's very... No, I... Well, let me double check, because I just had this article up, but uh, as far as I know... Uh-oh. Did we lose Sean? Maybe he blew a fuse again. <laughs> he got too excited. <laughs> Dan, that question was just too hard. Well, maybe Comcast heard it and they're shutting him out. Oh. They, don't, they don't want oh, God. it. They'll have 70% oh. of the market. <laughs> he, he has Fios, though. Uh, you're right. Unless, unless Comcast secretly owns Verizon. Yeah, the, the amazing 25-up Fios internet. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I. I. The, my internet just stopped working. It's because we were t- fi- Verizon knows we're talking about them. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. They know. We already made that joke, but. Oh, see, this is this is why I should just leave entirely. Uh, all right. <laughs> Hopefully, this stays. No, what I was going to say was, according to this article on the Verge, um, it says it. Comcast is acquiring Time Warner Cable's 11 million managed subscribers, but says it's prepared to divest uh, systems that serve roughly 3 million. Uh, that will keep it below a 30% share of the U.S. market. Okay. Because you do have to remember part of the market is fiber, and part of the market is satellite, and part of the market, is, you know. Yeah. Factor all that in, plus companies like Charter, and, you know, there are other providers. So I, I think that seems about right. But they would by far be the largest. Do we think that the only hope is... So, there are a couple of hopes. There is no hope, uh, Dan. (laughs) Well, that could be it. But there's the local ISP hope, there's the Google Fiber hope, and I think Google's the only one that can compete on a national level at this point. Uh, But I don't know if they want to. And then there's the everyone just uses a 5G cell MiFi and that's their internet. Well, my response to those, if you're looking for one, would be um, there's no incentive for local companies because A, they'll either get bought, or B, they can't provide the level of service a massive Comcast can. The, um, the terrible level of service? I, what do you mean? I'm just saying, I think I think the local ISP ship has passed, and I don't think anyone wants to get in that market. Um, as far as Google being our savior, Google will never, ever do a nationwide network. They will do these small test markets in small hubs. They will. I would be shocked. A company like Verizon maybe could. They have the national cloud. I, they're just not going to, and I don't think anyone else wants to. Why do it when these big companies already exist? It's a tough market to get into. And then uh, third, I would say, you have to remember, even if we do all switch to 5G wireless, there's still only three or four companies that control that. We're still in the same boat. But at least, you, at least they have to compete. 
you, there's never going to be like, well, now you're in Pennsylvania and there's no Verizon anymore, so now you're roaming on T-Mobile. That's true. That's true. But but there are areas of the country where some places, some services are far better than the others. So That's that fine. is fine. So yeah. the other people will get more money. If it's far better, there's that's great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. If, I mean, if if it's better, they right. I mean, at least in in theory, they deserve more customers, right? Because they've done a better job in that market. So well, that's how competition is supposed to work. Right. You're such a good American. USA. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to move on from capitalism to security. Uh, speaking of Comcast, um, it has oh, yeah. been reported that uh, apparently um, Comcast has hushed and minimized a serious hack on their servers where customer data may have been uh, revealed. This comes on the heels of this past week. Uh, everyone's popular crowdfunding site, uh Kickstarter getting hacked uh, and asking users to change their passwords. Uh, again, this is on a rash of sites, everything, everywhere from Forbes.com to Target to uh, Snapchat, uh, and a lot of these different companies uh, getting their servers hacked with uh, information being stolen. Um, so the question I wanted to pose to you guys, I was talking to a, let's say, less than technical person the other day. Um, and they said, I'm, I'm worried about people hacking into my computer. And I thought about it for a minute. And I said, I would worry more about the information Time Warner has on you or Target has on you. I would worry more about them getting hacked than I would about your individual PC getting hacked. Because why would a hacker target one individual computer when it can target one individual company and get thousands and thousands of records? Is that the you think that's the future and are companies doing enough to keep user data safe? Well, so hackers are going to go for whatever is easiest. It's still incredibly easy to spin up a Windows botnet, harvest all of their information and everything they do while it's infected and also sell that time to people who want to mine bitcoins or DDoS GitHub or whatever. Uh, I think that's still easiest. That's not going to stop. Uh, I don't think. Now, yeah. yeah, companies, I think, should do more. Uh, I think especially, like, all these startups, social startups get all this money and they get all this information and they're a company of 50 people and they don't have a security team. I think that's probably the problem. I wonder if Kickstarter has a security team. I'm sure they do to some capacity, but like... I don't uh, think right. Kickstarter has I think more than 50 employees, though. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I think there's a, like... It's weird because there's a middle ground somewhere between a... There are 140 LinkedIn employees or uh, Kickstarter employees on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, so 
I think there's a, like, and Kickstarter is probably a good example of this. There's a middle ground somewhere between my startup just started and we have a thousand users where no hacker, like, who cares, right? And, uh, like, a Facebook or Google or Amazon of the world that has, you know, quite a bit of money and resources to th- to put towards hardening their, their infrastructure and their, you know, employee tools and things to, to make sure that nothing like, or to, to mitigate the possibility of anything like that happening. And, like, your in-between is a Kickstarter where they have 100, 100 employees and maybe one or two people who do security, but, like, realistically, they're probably vulnerable to some extent because they're they're not that mature of a company and their infrastructure is not that mature and they're small. And very small relative to the number of users they serve. Right. Uh, so, so in that sense, they're like an easy target and it's hard to say... It's, well, it's hard to solve that problem, right? Let me ask you guys, because you know a lot more about this than I do. Um, I agree that startups absolutely have to be concerned with security, but then there are things like Target, which was hacked partially through social engineering. This Comcast uh, vulnerability was apparently an unpatched, easy-to-fix vulnerability uh, found way back in the beginning of December that Comcast just never fixed. Well, mm-hmm. well, that's but that's what I'm saying. I mean, these long-established companies, it's, it's startups, it's long-established companies, it's just... I look at, of course, this doesn't necessarily mean so, there's a trend, but no, go on. So, I, I think I've made my point. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, actually, on the Kickstarter page, it says that they have there's 75 people. Uh, so probably people who run Kickstarter projects say that they work for Kickstarter and LinkedIn. But a way that these big companies work, having worked at one, is that... Uh, so... They have different lines of business. So there's like the Comcast cable business, then there's the Comcast internet business, then there's like the Comcast residential internet business, and the Comcast business internet business, and the Comcast whatever services for like the website, blah, blah, blah. All these things are completely siloed, typically in big companies, so that they have a different CEO. You know, all different C-level people, their own IT department, their own programmers. They share no infrastructure and they share no information as a result of that, or very little. There might be like the company Jira Wiki or uh, probably Microsoft SharePoint, and that's it. Uh, so one team could, one business could be really good at security, and the other might not have ever had that as a priority. And it's just completely separate, disparate. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I'm sure there are parts of Comcast that are very on top of their game, but even then, it's easy to miss one thing. That's especially if it's not a priority. Right. But I mean, like we've talked about, like anything that's on the internet is inherently insecure in some way. Because you, your your connection to to the internet is itself a vulnerability, um, and even well, I mean, we've talked about this too. That like transferring data via sound 
crazy shit like that. Yeah, Google um, just acquired a company today or yesterday that um, an Israeli startup that you hold your it's like you're using sound as a security authenticator, uh, where you like hold your phone yeah. up to the computer and the sound it emits uh, unlocks mm. um, something something like that. That's cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, unfortunately, that's like. It's always going to be a possibility. Uh, for better, or for for well. Hopefully, not that much worse. But I think, in I th I think the the recent string of problems we've had. Like the targets and all, you know, the Kickstarter too. So I think, I mean, Target is probably a great example of like companies needing to get their stuff together. Also, the Target story is really interesting. That like these guys got up at the AC company or something, right? Like, mm -hmm. or or it was like a, a cleaning company or the central air company or something, just crazy. Um, and they were able to get access to Target's computers. To, to their their point of sale machines or was it something like uh, I think was it, it was it was a lot of different machines in their network right right I thought right. it was that they used third party point of sale service that mm. itself was compromised uh, I'll well, look into it keep uh, talking yeah while while you're looking it up I I okay. guess I I guess my right. point is that there are a lot of companies out there who are doing all the right things about security. Um, I would just say that it's scare. I didn't realize until these last couple weeks, a how much of my information was on these companies' servers, and b how often they can be compromised. And it's just something uh, as a user I should be vigilant about, and something these companies need to be vigilant about. Um, and and if I were the CEO of any company with a digital database, I would be sitting right now doing at least an overview of what security um, is in place. Because I don't think this is going to stop. I, I think more and more we're going to see, you know, before it used to be hack in and quietly sell it on the black market, but that's not the case anymore. I mean, these things are really, people are doing it for the publicity and for the attention. So uh, in addition to selling credit card numbers. Uh, so right. we're going to see a lot I mean, more of this. So yeah, the thing that, like, blows my mind is when, like, these things like this happen and it seems like the, the company seems to have not even known until, <laughs> like, until it, it was released that this happened. And it's like, oh, that's scary. Yeah, well, it's scary um, when you see Comcast trying to keep it quiet. You know, your information right. may have been compromised, but they, they don't want you to know it. Who knows how often this happens and companies don't tell us. Well, I'm sure it's also one of those things that they want to figure out as much about it as possibly can before they say anything to. Right. Like, was it? Wasn't it? Was it? It was Target, right? That was like, oh, it was a couple hundred thousand or something, or or like one million or, and then they had to come back several days later and be like, oh no, it was way more than that. Yeah. At first they said um, it was only credit card, then it was so credit that, and debit, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was so. an HVAC system. Which was not partitioned from the area of the network that the transfers of money went over from the point of sale system. So every target store has the same HVAC system, the same point of sale system. So if you can do it in one, you can do it in all. 
What is HVAC? Uh, the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I want them to make a movie out of that. I would definitely watch that. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds, that sounds like a movie. It sounds badass. I'm just saying. That sounds like Ocean's Eleven shit right there. Um, all right. And, of course, we will uh, remind all our listeners that you should always take safe practices when uh, don't use the same password on all your websites. I think it was Colby who recommended way back when LastPass, which I also use. Um, you know, generate safe, secure passwords. Uh, be, be security conscious. Uh, okay, well, uh, we'll move on from the bummer that is uh, network security to the excitement that is the anonymous internet. Yes. Yay. Uh, Forbes had an interesting article uh, that I read the other day. It was, uh, the sec- uh, secrecy is the key to the next phase of social networking, uh, and it's a story about the, the hot new app sweeping Silicon Valley, not my words, uh, called Secret, uh, and it is an app... I, I I was going to set it up and then I didn't get to it, but the concept is that you download the app, it looks through your contacts, and it anonymously connects you with your contacts. So when you open up the app, things will just start appearing. Things like, you know, secrets is kind of what they say, but things like... Uh, in Silicon Valley, it's been like, oh, so-and-so is about to get acquired or so-and-so is about to get fired. It's It's all rumors but you don't know who they come from. It's just anyone who's in your contacts. And I think friends of friends as well will come through. So it's kind of an anonymous network that's created through your contacts. So friends of friends will only come through if someone, if one of your friends liked it. Okay. Yeah. So I downloaded it before the show, and I have no friends that use it. So it's only like the editorialized secrets, which are pretty vanilla. Yeah, not exciting. I uh, do they have an Android app? I don't know. I will look because they have a website. I I was under the impression. I'm pretty sure it's iOS only. It is. Yeah, it is iOS only. Yep. Yeah. So. Um. I haven't tried it. Needless to say. The the, (laughs) there have been anonymous. There have been anonymous services before. I mean, it's not a new concept. I don't know if anyone remembers Formspring or Ask.fm or, uh, you know, the the sort of Reddit, really, to a degree, let's be honest, um, mm-hmm. have uh, promoted anonymity. But this, in my opinion anyway, I mean, it's a really good-looking app, um, and it takes an interesting approach where rather than just asking the public at large, it's only your inner social circle that you're, I mean, there'll be some, but mostly it's your inner social circle that you're getting these secrets from. Um, and so this asks the question, is is secrecy the next step in social media? Which I will pose to the panel. No. <laughs> okay, that has been the show, everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> I mean, that defeats the whole point of social media. I like Anonymous. Anonymous Anonymity is what we had before all this social networking crap started, and it's great. But we still have it. If you want to be anonymous, make a website and post some stuff. That's anonymous. You can make a Twitter account that is doesn't have your name attached to it. That's anonymous. 
Facebook and Google Plus is a little less kosher, but we don't. It's not like we've lost it. I don't think that. You know, I don't think. I think that stuff like this definitely has a place, like Form Spring and the like, were you know, flash in the pan popular for a time, but then there were bullying problems, which I don't think is solvable. I think it's solvable. I think this app actually, the the more interesting thing about it for me is that it tries to solve that problem by, you know, there's a, you don't want to say anything terrible because you know that only your friends are going to see it, and presumably you like your friends, or at least a good amount of them. Well, you, you also don't know who's going to see it, really. Um, well, you, I mean, you, know, you can count on your friends seeing it, at least. Right, right. But, like, amongst your amongst your social graph or people in your contacts, there could be people you aren't quite counting, right? So, do you, Oh, yeah, do you, you don't know who in your friends that? uses secret, you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. I just know that I mean, none of mine do because they're all from California. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they talked about that in this article, is that... Um, <laughs> You know, because it is your social circle of friends, there is to some degree the ability to figure out using certain clues uh, what is being said by people. I just, I think they'll always be an interest in an anonymous. I, I uh, have never actively used Reddit ever. I'm so proud of that fact. Um, but the other day I clicked on this thing where it was like, tell Reddit your craziest secret or something, and it was all anonymous, and it was really interesting and fascinating to read. Um, I always think there'll be a place for that, but saying it's the future of social media, Forbes, come on, I think, what a link-bait headline that is. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's, I, I like what these guys are doing, I think it's a cool idea, if I had friends using it, I might use it, but... No, that Dan said it perfectly when he said it defeats the purpose of social media. The, the, <laughs> the anonymous part, that's not social media. That's something else entirely. And then, of course, we all know the problem with anonymous being anonymous on the Internet is people feel that they can say whatever they want, good or bad, and it it turned... This is why YouTube switched from anonymous comments to using Google+. It was to avoid this. Yeah. Well, uh, so I think it was in this article they talked about how the original idea was uh, Snapchat for text messages, which sounds like so inane. Uh, but that would be interesting too. You know, th there's the harassment problems, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm like a little reticent to give people compliments because I don't like. I don't know. It just feels like a weird thing to do, especially if you're not really close to the person. You know, just, you know, talking to someone you haven't talked to in a couple of years and being like, hey, you're awesome. You know, that feels weird. But it's not. It, it's still a nice thing to do, and I would, I would like to enable that. So you want, so Dan, you want an anonymous service where you can say nice things to people. Yeah, it'd be like Upworthy, but no one else sees it. There you go. That's a business pitch right there. So, <laughs> someone take and run with that. That's great. I like it. Good thing no one watches this show. Good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Colby. Uh, Thanks, Colby. Right. Yeah, so if we have, uh, <laughs> unless we have anything else on the anonymous net, we'll move on. Uh, we'll, we'll end on a fun note uh, with a quick story here. Let me... Uh, click on this here. So... Um, 
how many of you guys like fast food? You know, I found well, this is a story for another day, but I think I'm a I think I think I'm I'm an addict for fast food cuz I have like symptoms like a heroin addict would have, but it's when I'm eating McDonald's. Like I, oh, wow. Like, like I get a craving That's for insane. it and then while I eat it, like I feel really, really great, and I get like a little twitchy and really excited, and then immediately afterwards, I crash and feel terrible, just like heroin. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the news. Um, that's my secret, and that's not even anonymous. Um, <laughs> so uh, this article states that the fine folks at the Taco Bell, the Taco uh, Bell. are experimenting with taking your order via your smartphone. Uh, a test program will launch within weeks, and a nationwide rollout is expected before the end of the year. Now, what's interesting about this is that uh, it's a system built from scratch for Taco Bell. Uh, it will offer different uh, products on the front page throughout the day, a customizable menu, finding the local uh, nearest Taco Bell. But what's interesting, uh, and this is rumored, this hasn't launched yet, but um, you can pay with a credit card. Uh, or once you get there with your credit card, uh, and it will show up at the restaurant as a mobile order, then it uses the GPS on your phone to track as you approach the Taco Bell. So that way when you get there, the food is hot and ready for you, which as far as I know is the first time I've heard of a restaurant doing that. That's well, that's cool. that reminds me of uh, Eric Schmidt's Google's uh, chairman and ex-CEO's justification for the self-driving car. Or not justification, but one of the monetization paths for it. I don't remember if you guys remember his pants thing, mm -hmm. where he said that uh, if if Google knew that you wanted to buy pants and you were driving near a pants store, it could be like, hey, I hear you need some pants. You Googled about buying pants yesterday. We can have those pants ready for you. It would take five minutes for you to stop and pick them up right now. Uh, was the thing. So that's what this reminds me of. I don't think Taco Bell would ever be like, hey, we know you really like the thing with the Doritos on it and <laughs> whatever it's called, and you're right near Taco Bell. You could have one of those in your mouth in three minutes. <laughs> Although, actually, would that's, I would probably fall for something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot be, of people would. Be like, be like, because imagine, like, a Google Now knows your commute every day, and they could be like, we know you drive by a Taco Bell, and it's dinner time. Why make dinner when, when we'll have tacos? We know what you order. We know your favorite order. <laughs> yeah. We have it, a, a bag with your name on it. <laughs> next, next at seven, Sean Dennings dies of a McDonald's overdose. <laughs> oh my God, this is great! No, I am all about. And this is to me, this is the only way I can think of that it makes sense to order fast food on your phone. Yeah. Because if you're going to the restaurant and you order it when you get there, that's not really any faster. But ordering it before you even leave the house makes sense. Yeah. That's true. I think this would be cool for like, I don't know, like takeout or something. Like you want to pick a, up a pizza on the way home. You know, a, a good example is the Five Guys. You can do that like by calling a place. You can't do that with. Taco Who calls Bell. anyone anymore, Colby? Come on, we have apps for that. Seamless. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's what's a good example of this is Five Guys because they have a really great mobile app you can order and pay through. What? And 
You've never seen the Five Guys app? It's no. all I ever use. And you say oh. what time you're going to get there and your burger's ready. But what's really good is that's an example of a food with a lot of customizations. You get all the toppings. If you're ordering for more than one person, it's a godsend because you can sit there with the person if just one person's going to get it. That's where this makes sense to me is that if you if you have a large order – like imagine when we were still in college uh, and – you know, a bunch of people wanted something. I remember how annoying it is to go and you have to call the place yeah. and order. I do remember. So, so Dan and I both worked in IT at Merit. And I'm just going to bring this up. And someone <laughs> uh, wrote this know, app. We would all do, it was, you know, at any given time, there were probably like eight or so people at the office in at, around lunchtime, right? So, like, sometimes we would go to Five Guys and that became such a problem that our boss actually built a a five guys ordering app in <laughs> I say app loosely he made it in Excel uh, but it was he full he featured addressing this it had a problem. UI <laughs> yeah it was really impressive and terrifying <laughs> it's it's awesome so look for that coming to your uh, local Taco Bell hey, Excel sometime this is year. the number one programming language in the world I believe it I love Excel are you kidding me. That's probably the only reason I haven't completely moved to Google Docs is because of Excel. Oh, yeah. Because I can use Google Docs for Word, even for slideshows, but um, not for Excel. Got to have my charts. All right. uh, Well, that wraps up the news segment of the show. Uh, Let's move on to our picks this week. Uh, Anyone want to jump in and go first? I'll do it. Ah. Oh, he literally jumped in first. So, uh, Colby, what is your uh, your pick this week? Uh, so, my pick is called Shapeways. Um, it's basically a website where... It sounds like... Uh, I don't want to interrupt you. It sounds like those Spanx things women wear, like Shapeways, like they shape your thighs. That's what I thought of when I read this. And when I first no. heard it, I thought it was the grocery store Safeway. Ah. Uh, which was really confusing to me because the person I met worked as a software engineer at Safeways, and I was like, really? How much do you do there? But okay, carry on. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like, um, like Etsy for 3D printed things. So. <laughs> Like, you can sell your 3D printed designs on Shapeways, and and obviously people can buy them. But the cool thing is that you can also just upload, like, one-off designs, and they'll print them out for you. So, like, if you have a design of something, anything, that can be printed in, like, plastic or also metal, they do, like, metal 3D printing and things. Uh, you can upload the design, uh, and they will print it out for you and send it to you. And so, for example, uh, my my girlfriend Jill, who is here off screen, for <laughs> for Valentine's Day, printed me this cookie cutter in the shape of a thumbs up. Oh my god, um, that's awesome! Yeah, off of, off of Shapeways, and like it was like she used some some other websites to like. Get get there was like there's like a website that helps you make like cookie cutter designs for for like 3D printing 
<laughs> so she used that to like make the file, and then she sent it to Shapeways, and they printed her this cookie cutter. Wow. And yeah, it's kind of cool. So check it out if you want to 3D print anything, but don't have a 3D printer. There's a lot of cool stuff on here. This is neat. Huh. Another way to waste my time. Time and money. Time and money. That's awesome. Very cool. Shapeways.com. Uh, get 3D printed shit sent right to you. Uh, I'm going to jump in and go next because I can. Um, oh, yeah. I pulled up uh, tiny Keanu Reeves. You can get sad Keanu. You can get a mini version of him printed in 3D. Um which is awesome. So I might have to get that and put it on my monitor. Or... That's yeah, they have a picture of it on the monitor, which is great. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so my pick this week, um, I know for a fact all three of us play it. Uh, I don't. I very rarely do games. Colby plays it. I thought I saw it showed me in Game Center that he played it. Mm. Played what? Threes. 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 It's in the, it's in the, anyway, mm-hmm. while well, you figure out whether or not you play, because it definitely gave me a high score for Colby Rabideau and Game Center. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't play a lot of games. Oh, Colby doesn't even have an iPhone. I guess he has an iPad, though. He has an iPad. No, I've never seen this before in my life, Sean. It gave me a high score for you. I'll show you when I demo the app. I'm telling you. I believe you. They're, they're bullshitting you to make, to, to make you believe people use Game Center. <laughs> and you had a higher high score than me, too, which is bullshit. Anyway... Uh, I don't play a lot of games, but the games I like are quick, short, kind of puzzle-type games. I don't like to go through levels or any complicated... I want a really simple game. This game blew up the charts. It's called uh, Threes, T-H-R-E-E-S, and it's available for iPhone and iPad. Um, And I am going to switch to the demo cam and show you how it's played. Whoa. Which, by the way, if you want... If you sponsor the demo cam, let us know because uh, we'll we'll call it you know the old spice demo cam or the Butterfingers demo cam whatever <laughs> whatever company wants to sponsor us you you can have the name. Hey Cat, uh, I hear you're into that sort of thing. Kit, yeah, to- I'll hey I'll sell out for anybody. The Kit Kat cam it has a nice flow to it. The Kit Kat cam. To, we'll get graphics and everything. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna show it to you here on my iPad. Do you like Do you like my elaborate setup here? Um. So, uh, well, we'll let it open. Uh, it's currently $1.99 on the App Store, which is a dollar off its normal price, um, and absolutely worth the money because I find it very addicting. Um, but the way it works is... Oh, I'm in the middle of a game. Let me start a new one here. It's actually 33.3% off its current price. Close enough. <laughs> uh, so the way it works is you start your game, and you have these series of numbers here, okay? And it's basic math. So... You're going to add the ones and the twos to make three, and you can swipe up, down, left, or right. So I'll swipe down, and you'll see the one and the two. See how they kind of go together? And now it's a three. If I swipe down again, you'll see the two threes become six. (gasps) Now you're getting it. Twist! Uh, So now, as you can see, I'm going to swipe these around. One and two become three. Three and three become six. Three and three become six. Six and six become twelve! Oh, my God. You can only join numbers that are... One and twos go together, and then otherwise it's threes and threes, six and six, twelve and twelve. Um, and you essentially just keep swiping these around. The twelve and twelve will make twenty-four, and so on and so forth, until... Let me show you an example of... This is... Oh, my, my high score is 6,000. Sorry, God. Dan. And oh, so you'll see... I got 384. I got 384, and they actually will show you... Um, right, in the, in the opening screen. 
Yes. Um, let me go. I don't know how to get to it. There. They'll show you. And apparently there's four more to unlock. As you yeah. unlock them, you'll go through. I, it was impossible for me to get 384. Yeah. Um, but it's a really kind of quick game. And when it starts, it's not difficult. But as you go on, it starts because all the squares will fill up. And you have to start like thinking, like, okay, well, if I swipe... And they show you what block is next. So you have to be like, well, if I swipe that there, those are going to match. And I have to do that. I mean, it's really addicting. Um to do that, and they give you uh, a high score. So, so Sean, just go swipe to the left back of the settings screen. The uh, the conserve battery setting, I don't know if you noticed that, is great for oh. on the phone. So you can play even more games before your phone dies. How does that work? I have no idea how it works. <laughs> maybe it's just a placebo. Oh, maybe. I'm fine with that. Um... And let's see, in Game Center, they'll show your high score next to uh, all the other... Oh, so I guess, it, uh, Colby, you were here the other day. I don't know uh, why you're it here. It cuts the frame rate in half. Oh, there you go. It is a very beautiful app, and it is very simple. Um, so that would explain it. But I, I have more than double Dan's high score. Don't take it personally. Um, but it's a it's it's one of those games that's great if you just have to waste a couple minutes. And I find myself wanting to go back and play it more and keep beating my high score. Um, so I highly recommend it. It's called Threes. It's for uh, iPad and iPhone, uh, and it is one ninety nine in the application store. Um, <laughs> so Where I you would get your applications. Get all your applications at the application store. Um, so, yeah, so that's threes. It's it's the hot new thing, and if you're friends with us on Game Center, uh, you can see how much better my score Sean, is. Sean, we have yours. an infinite tunnel happening with the screen behind Oh, you. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I know, I've got too many screens going. So, anyway, that's my, uh, that's my pick this week, threes. That's awesome. I Talk really like it. Whole family. Colby, you uh, should dust off that iPad and join the fray. All right, all right. Cool. Check it out. Uh, so, possibly concluding my adventures in OS X mail apps, uh, I bought, because there's no demo, because it's an OS X app store, I'm sorry, application store application, uh, but it's only a couple dollars, AirMail, and it's pretty awesome. It checks all my boxes. It has a method by which you can mark all mail as read really easily. Great. Uh, it allows you to open multiple. E- it allows you to open emails in their own windows, which I use a lot. So, like, if I'm scrolling through, like, I get up in the morning or I come home, and there's emails I want to read, I'll open those up in separate windows so I know to go back to them. Uh, then I just look at the rest. Uh, the search works really well. The setup was really easy. Not as easy as one of the other ones where it actually figured it all out, but really straightforward. It figured the ports out and the authentication and the SSL and all that stuff. Uh, the, uh, the what's that on the left? What are those called? Mailboxes. Mailboxes work really well. Uh, it's very OS X-E. The graphics are retina uh, it looks pretty nice. It has different views. You can do conversation view if you want to. I don't. Uh, but I like that it supports these different little, like you see these little 
contact circles on the left here. I don't know where it gets them from. Uh, I think it might even get them from the domain of the sender somehow. Because uh, sometimes I get them and they appear to be coming from Google+, Plus, but who knows? Maybe that is where it's coming from. I'm not really sure. But, like, LinkedIn shows up as a LinkedIn and Twitter shows up as a Twitter. Uh, but my mailing list emails, sometimes people's actual, like, avatars from some social network show up there. Uh, but I didn't have to configure that. It just works. Uh, it also supports Markdown uh, format replies, which is really nice. So you can do everything in text and not have to worry about formatting and all that nonsense. Uh, so yeah, AirMail. Uh, let me check how much it actually is in the App Store. Two dollars. Uh, totally worth it. It's my favorite one so far. It's way. It's nicer looking than MailMate without any of the downfalls of the others, and it's actually like a thirtieth of the price of of MailMate. So uh, definitely check it out. AirMail, uh, and it's AirMailApp.com. Very cool, very cool. I'm excited. I'm excited that we've made progress. <laughs> yeah, I, there might be another one to try out next week, uh, but maybe not. This could be it. Cool, I'm excited. I'm going to buy it right now. If it's oh, also, fun. yeah, I forgot. I uh, House of Cards Season 2, if you haven't started watching that yet, you should probably get on that. I have it. It's, it's, it. it's, yeah, it's... It, yeah, just the first episode alone proves that it's way... It's even better than season one. The production quality is way better. 4K? Not that you can see it in 4K, but... Right, uh, yeah. Uh, the production many... quality is just, you know, things that at first you don't notice, but then, like, kind of like when you go from the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation to the second, when it was, like, clear that they were, like, we're going to be doing this for a while, they started doing, like sweeping camera moves because there was more of the set to see and things so things like that happen which uh, show a nice investment and uh, yeah well I think so I like to discuss this with y'all real quick uh, I one of the things I appreciate most about House of Cards is their unabashed approach to product placement so like some shows they don't do any product placement so they don't play PlayStation, they play... Game like, Station or something. Game yeah. Box or something stupid like that. And the controller is some, like, USB PC controller they picked up at Best Buy. Uh, they don't go to Starbucks, they go to some nameless coffee shop, you know, that closely resembles a Starbucks in format, and the cups have some vague circular logo on it, but it's not Starbucks. They don't have Blackberries... They have something they hold up, or God forbid, a Windows phone. You know, uh, <laughs> they don't get out of cars. They don't show cars. But you know, it seems like they're probably making some money off of this. Like de there's Dell monitors, and there's Blackberries, and there's iPads, and there's Starbucks, and there's PlayStation. But that's what we have. That's what the world is. The world doesn't have GameBox, or you know. Searcher.com. Oh, yeah. The, the fake search engine names are my favorite, because those are yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I, you know, as the advertising representative of the program, uh, one of the most telling 
interviews I ever read was Seth MacFarlane, because uh, Family Guy used Burger King and had a scene in a Burger King in an episode, and he got a lot of crap for it, saying they were selling out. And Seth MacFarlane basically came out and said what you just said, that the show creators would much rather use real places, even if they're not paid for it. It's yeah, mostly just I'm a sure legal a- thing. Apple doesn't pay for any of it. Oh, Apple pays for I'm... a lot of their product placement. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, that's not... Or at least in the... Or they might not anymore, but I know for a long time they did. Oh, okay. Um, but they would much rather use real products because the fake products look fake and it looks ridiculous. The yeah. the problem is that fine line, and I'll have to find it after the show and send it to you guys, but there are shows that will... Cars especially are bad. There was a show I was watching once, and it was a commercial for the car in the thing, and they're like, oh my god, is that the new Nissan Rogue? Yes, that's right, with the easy lift tailgate and the spacious interior. Like, I kid you not, they busted into a car commercial in the middle of the show. It was shocking. So, so 30 Rock does that, and it's yeah, hilarious that, it's every time. Oh yeah, the pay me please, you know. And the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thirty rock makes a joke out of it, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the fine line with product placement. Is, is I'm all for it, even if they don't pay for it. I think using real products, like you said, it adds something. But yeah. it can't be a commercial for it, you know. That's that's the important thing. Right. And of yeah, course, and they the, order they order drinks in in House of Cards with actual brand names, like you would in an actual bar, like a Pepsi or you know, a Johnny well. Walker Black. Like that's what people say. It's just it makes it feel like an actual thing that's happening right now instead of like a weird alternate universe. Anyways, that's one of the main reasons House of Cards is awesome. Because <laughs> they have real products. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Well, now I'm going to have to go watch that. That's wonderful. Like, imagine... Did I'm anyone ever watch that I Got Mail thing movie from way, way back? The Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got mail? No. Oh, never mind. I just know of it, but... Uh... <laughs> imagine that, but there was no AOL, and it was, you've got a message instead. Like, it feels so forced and stupid, and that's what all of these shows and movies that have all the fake analogs to real things do to you. And I'm tired of it. And so is Sean Jennings, so he Hey, I'm back. (laughs) That was... It it literally just logged me out of Google, and I had to log back in. It was very weird. You were very quick. Yeah. uh, Like I said, well, because I have a LastPass set up to automatically log me back in, so... That was really weird. I'm really... I'm really... I don't know what's going... It's haunted. It's, this is why you don't say bad things about Comcast. <laughs> they will find you. Um, well, then I should... Why am I... Oh, my God, I keep showing up in the damn call. <laughs> uh, I, we should probably shut this down before... Shut it, your being Before it explodes. Um, I'm going to... I, as long as I'm still here, I will thank everybody for joining us. Of course, our website, don'tpanic.io. Uh, it's got all the links to all our stuff. You definitely want to subscribe on iTunes or via RSS because uh, you get the show every week when we publish it. Um, and we're going to be on a more regular publishing schedule, by the way. I know this week it was late, but I've got a new setup, so it should be more regular. Um, lots of fiber in the diet, so very regular. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> poop jokes, that's what, exactly. we've, that's what we've been... Uh, I thought that was an internet pun. No! Oh shoot! You know I should have left it at home. I'm talking about fiber making you regular. 
damn it. See, this is why you guys are here. You're the technology guys. I'm the bad comedian. Uh, so uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We hope you did too. Um, we'll end the broadcast by saying uh, good night. We'll see you next week.